Okay. <coughs> First of all, why aren't we wearing masks? <laughs> no. Okay. Also, I very closely breathed on both of these microphones, very testing nice. them. So you've got whatever I've got now. Nice, perfect. Are we ready? How do we start these? I don't know. I think we are as uh, as sharp as we've ever been. Welcome to an episode of DC Podcast. Welcome to the returning episode of the DC Podcast. How long has it been since we've recorded one? Over a year. Yeah, over a year. Yeah. <clears throat> so we've gotten the equipment out of storage and we've thrown yeah. it into uh, this high budget mm. studio that we've put together here. Yes, yes. Very high budget, high dollar. High temperature. Very high temperature. What, where are we right now? Right now we are in the upper room. See what I did there? The upper room where the Holy Spirit's going to fall on us as we, anyways. Moving along. Uh, we're in the upper room of 6th Avenue, Church of God, where I pastor and where you used to pastor until you were let go. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> until you went to go <clears throat> do an internship with Mark Dever That's at right. Capitol Hill Baptist Church. Yep. And you were there for six months? Nine, actually. Nine months. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, it's like when you're in summer school because you didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's, you, you didn't, didn't quite get it You didn't it cut it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. No, you were doing the internship for six months, yep. then you went on staff with Nine Marks yep. for an additional amount of time living in D.C., Yep. and then for various and sundry reasons, providentially, the Lord brought you back to Huntsville. Do you want to get into any of that? or? Uh, very briefly. Uh, so we came back to Huntsville for a number of reasons. Primarily, our family's here, Yeah. and uh, Catherine, my wife, has some pretty serious health issues, and yeah. Man, living in D.C. was hard uh, yeah. for that reason, though the church was wonderful and the doctors there were great. Uh, there was a certain point where we just wanted to be around family. So yeah. yeah, came back and uh, weren't quite sure if we were going to stay. But it looks like uh, the, the Lord's made it clear to us that we will be in the Huntsville area long term. So. Yeah. Now, here's a question. Yeah. Uh, when we ended this podcast, we had less than a thousand people. I think that's being generous. OK, <laughs> that's one way to say the statistic. <laughs> Uh, watching us on a semi-weekly basis. Yep. So uh, why are we back? Why are we doing this again? Uh, man, I got a bunch of, of continued encouragement from people who I didn't even know listened to this podcast yeah. asking when it would come back. Yeah, and I don't right. just mean like for the first weeks after we stopped. Yeah. I mean like yesterday, right. I got a phone call from a brother who I didn't know listened to this. Yeah who is asking when we might do it again. A brother who has a significant platform, who is encouraged, yeah. edified, strengthened, equipped by this podcast. Yeah. And so it seems like uh, I've, I've seen and you've seen that the mm -hmm. Lord has blessed our, our little meager mm -hmm. efforts here with just two microphones and a camera uh, with no technical help. <laughs> <laughs> so if things go wrong, you know what happened there. But it seems like the Lord's blessed it yeah, for in, sure. in an unexpected way. So we're just going to keep doing what we do kind of in every area of our life really is like, yeah, we're just going to keep trying to be faithful in the opportunities that the Lord has given us. And, mm -hmm. and it seems like he, he's going to give fruit. And if, it, if the fruit stops, then we'll stop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, we're, and we're doing what we did before, which is a little different than what a lot of podcasts are. Yeah. I don't think we've ever been driven to talk about just what everyone else is talking about. Right. Uh, which is weird, given what we're going to be talking about today yeah. and in the coming weeks. Um, but we also don't have a lot of fluff. It, you know, I've, I've heard this podcast described as sort of a digital Sunday school. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's fair. And so I think a lot of people have appreciated that. And I'd like to yeah, encourage them that that's basically what we'll be doing as long as the Lord gives us to do this. Yeah, so. that's right. And it, it may not be long. We could stop again. We've, we've held it with a very open hand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So today, yep. uh, I thought for our inaugural return episode, 
Mm. Is that the appropriate use of that word? I'll count it. We are going to be talking about something that I think is a little bit what needs to be talked about today with, yeah. with the circumstances in our culture and our news that we're, we're seeing. But it's a little bit like a one, one layer back, like okay. one or two steps back, and that's okay. social media. Social media in general. You seem excited. Sorry. What's going on in your social media life? Uh, I've gotten rid of Twitter. And I only very rarely go on Facebook. I have to use one of my wife's devices in order to access Facebook. Okay. Uh, because I found that social media has been particularly toxic for my heart. It, it robs me of uh, joy and peace. Hmm. And uh, But, you know, not everybody's built that way. Yeah. I was telling somebody yeah. the other day that you're built in such a way that you can you can spend an hour arguing with someone on Facebook and you won't think about it twice as soon as you get off. It's true. Fair? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Okay, so anyways, that's where I am. So why are we talking about social media? I mean, listen, Twitter, Instagram, Vine, Facebook, MySpace, I don't know, whatever else the kids are on, Juju. Uh, it's been around for a really long time. Why are we talking about social media now? I'm sorry. I was, I was tweeting. Can you say that again? <laughs> yes. No, so I'm looking at my- We're back, folks. We got some show notes here. Uh, okay. so, so social media, I don't think it's any secret that for years now, especially in Christian circles, uh, we've we've- We've been trying to teach people how to use social media wisely, and we've warned them of some of the dangers associated with it, uh, the way that it tethers us to technology, uh, the way that it changes the way our minds work mm-hmm. and shortens our attention spans and makes us less literate. Yeah. I, I don't mean that in the sense that we're forgetting how to read, sure. but in the sense that, I mean, how many people, uh, our age and younger in particular, do yeah. you know that are regularly consuming books? Right. rather than just going and reading through Twitter feeds. Right, um, or even who are capable of reading long-form articles or short-form right. articles, yeah. So we've always known that's an issue, uh, but I think within the past year, mm. uh, we've seen some societal-level problems, some bigger psychological problems and, and cultural problems with the way social media uh, is used yeah. and the way it actually comes back around and shapes culture. Yeah, uh, well, it, and sorry, let me add to yeah, that. Yeah, go for it. Uh, all that's true, but as as pastors, our main concern is is even the way that that has come back around and affected the church. Absolutely, because the walls of the church are porous, yeah, yeah. and you're always going to see some residual effect of what's happening with the world seep into the church, and that's particularly what concerns us. I agree. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to do the easy thing. Okay, and I'm going to start by just listing everything wrong. Nice <laughs> with social media. Okay, so if you're if you're in the front end looking for solutions, yeah, you got to wait. No, so. So cynical. One of the first and I think most important things to point out is the way that social media feeds cognitive bias. Cognitive bias. Now, yeah. obviously, we all know what that word means. Right. Obviously, we all know that it is a <laughs> it's a way that we uh, without intending to without any awareness of it. Yeah. Uh, we have a warped perspective to our thinking. Yeah. Um, that often is. uh What's the word I'm looking for? Self-feeding. Sure. So a really good example of this is the echo chamber effect. Yeah. So the echo chamber effect is where you're exposed to information mm-hmm. that, whether that's through people or news outlets or ideas or groups, that's already in line with all the things you already thought. That's right. And so when you go out to get information about the world, mm-hmm. you're just reinforcing those assumptions that, that you began with. That's right. That doesn't mean that everything you read is wrong. You can no. have an echo chamber that is, for the, for the most part, accurate. Every Sunday, I'm hoping to echo the same truths to our people over and over again. That's not bad. That's right. So 
So in what sense would it be bad? So it's, it's bad when that echo chamber becomes sort of a barrier to you interacting with or considering ideas that are different from your own, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to complex nuance and, and I want to say subjects that you may not be an expert in. Okay. Uh, and basically what I've des- described is current events. Yeah. So if you're using an echo chamber environment uh, to get your news yeah. or to interact with things related to what's happening in the world, that, yeah. that's probably the last place you want an echo chamber. Yeah, you're, you're left-leaning and you all of, the, all of your reading is on Vox, right. New York Times. You're right-leaning. All of your political commentary is from Fox News and... Yeah. And uh, so, and, and this, I mean, this idea of the echo chamber, I've basically just described how social media works. Yeah, that's right. Your feed on Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, is populated by yeah. algorithms that look at your interests, yeah. your friends, yeah. uh, the things you click like on. Yeah. And it's not even the, re- I mean, part of it, that that's built into the design of the machine, but yeah. our hearts incline us in that direction as mm. well. I can't tell you how many times I've been on Twitter and I followed someone <clears throat> and I just found myself being frustrated with stuff. I'm like, oh, that's not right. And that's not careful thinking. And, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to unfollow you. Yeah. Right. And so I've created my own echo chamber. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to give a suggestion here. Okay. If this is you, if you recognize this in yourself, and I think anybody who uses social media is going to see this to some extent. Yeah. Uh, there's some simple things that you can do to try and avoid that. Uh, number one, follow people you disagree with. Sure. Uh, I think it's easy to do on Twitter. Uh, it can be done on Facebook. Um, I actually got onto... Par- it's unavoidable on Facebook. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Facebook so Especially is like, when you're opinionated. <laughs> yeah. Facebook is where we keep up with like our cousins and That's our right. teachers. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I got on Parler. You know what Parler is? Uh, no. Okay. So Parler, Any- Parler is kind of billing itself as the free speech social media outlet. Uh, it's, how long it's, that lasts. It, yeah, exactly. It's one of those ones that's basically responding to people being frustrated with Facebook deleting sure. posts. Censorship. Yeah. And if you go on there, it is entirely right-wing conservative media. A lot of people I listen to, a lot of people I like to listen to. Sure, sure. And it is completely useless to me. Okay. Because it's just everything that I'm already used to hearing. So I want to hear as much as I'm able from perspectives that kind of push back on that and get some balance to that and some nuance, even if I disagree with them, because I think I can learn from that. Yeah. And I'm not saying I do this perfectly. Sure. But I found parlor was, you know, getting on that was actually a bad thing for me. Okay. uh, For that very reason, for the echo chamber effect. Pushback. Yes. I'm not going to let this podcast be an echo chamber. Okay. Even though it's pretty echoey in this chamber. (laughs) Uh, See what I did there, guys? That's called a pun. Anyways, uh, (laughs) first episode back, we're already at it. Uh, A new Christian. A young Christian, an older Christian, but who's still an immature Christian listening to the DC podcast. Yep. They go, okay, I don't want to have an echo chamber. Let me go follow this person and that person and this person because I need perspectives of people with whom I may disagree. Right. How could that go wrong? Uh, well, behind that. Give me the balance. Yeah. See, behind listening to perspectives that are different from yours, you have to have careful discernment right. and a willingness to land on something. So it's yeah. kind of the old saying, an open mind is fine, but at some point you need to close it. Yeah, G.K. Chesterton. Yeah. yeah. You need to make a decision on certain things. So if you're mixing up your Ben Shapiro podcast with NPR, yeah. uh, that doesn't mean that everything you're hearing is equally true or yeah. valid or rational. Yeah. Uh, but it gives you some awareness of at least, particularly from a Christian perspective, you're learning what other people in your world, yeah. in your mission field, in right. your community think about things. That's right. Uh, I would say it like there's a continuum of 
of uh, discernment, mm-hmm. your ability to distinguish between good and bad and wise and unwise, okay? There's a continuum of that. And if you're kind of early on that continuum, feel free to shut out yeah. some of the more controversial voices, right? right? If you're a new Christian, uh, maybe don't go follow that leftist yeah. so-and-so, right? But if you're, you know, you've been following the Lord, you know your word, you're rooted and grounded in the faith, be a little bit more adventurous. It, and the, what you're describing here is the same way that we would uh, counsel Christians in the church in reading theological books. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to hand you books that I know are sound, that I know are going to help build you up and don't, you don't have to be nuanced. You don't right. have to watch out for that one thing that this guy gets wrong. Right. If you're a new Christian and you're just learning the basics of the faith. Amen. Yeah. So uh, another one that we see commonly, I think, in social media is the fluency heuristic. Okay. Fancy word. Yeah. I pronounce it heuristic, but whatever. <laughs> so basically just this just means slogans. Okay. Uh, arguments that are bumper stickerized. Yeah. And are easy to recall and easy to remember. Uh, catchy sound bites and rhetorical devices um, being deemed more valuable and yeah. more true because they're ubiquitous and everyone's chanting them and they sound good. Yeah, maxims. Uh, Jonah Goldberg calls these the tyrannical cliches. Oh, that's good. Right? They're these things that they're so pithy and they're so they they seem to be so self evidently true that everyone has to agree with them. Yeah. That you use them to bludgeon Just people with whom. People. Yeah, you may disagree. Yeah. And memes function in this way too. Yeah, that's right. For the most part. And where are memes really present? On social media. Social media. Yeah. Oh, look at this. It's I got awesome. a good one to send you later, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so I mean, let's give an example of this. Okay. We can go to the um, the abortion debate. And you can get phrases like "my body, my choice." Okay, I think that's a good example of this. Sure. Uh, more act, more commonly in social media these days, you see it as hashtags. Okay. Uh, even the Black Lives Matter hashtag slash movement has this element to it. Right. Which is to say that if you take this wildly complex issue with tons of nuance and terms that need to be defined, yeah. and really careful conversation needs to happen, and you just say, "Do you agree or do you not?" Black yeah. Lives Matter. Productive conversation is not going to happen there. Sure, yeah, and there's we, there's there's other more right leaning examples of oh, that yeah, as well. For sure, right? And both sides do this. Yes, yeah. though I will say the left is really good at it. I so would the agree left with that side of the well. political spectrum tends to use these very effectively. I think. I agree with that as well. Uh, okay, another one. Everyone knows this one: confirmation bias. Uh, do we all know that? I hope so. D- do you all know that? So confirmation bias is a little like the echo chamber in the yeah. sense that you're seeking out things that prop up what you already wanted to believe. Yeah, the echo chamber is you've kind of created an ecosystem. That's right. Uh, the confirmation bias is like maybe you're thinking about, about a particular issue and, and instead of mm-hmm. reading the liberal and the conservative or the whatever perspectives, sure. you're only going to read that which reinforces what you already believe. Yeah, you go, I, go ahead. Can I give a modern example? I'd love to hear it. Masks. Are they effective or are they not effective? Well, I got to tell you, I think everyone involved in this conversation, the studies that they quote, are pretty clear, myself included, are pretty evidence, are pretty good evidence that we are uh, doing a lot of confirmation bias right now. Yeah, no, I agree. And you yeah. see, but you actually see this a lot in the sciences. Yeah, the way that's statistics right. are interpreted in particular. So it's, it's not just social media where you find these things, but social media uh, creates an environment where this stuff just thrives. Yeah. So as Christians, just like the echo chamber, uh, we need to be careful not to only look at the sources and types of information that we know ahead of time are going to mm-hmm. support the thing that we want to believe. Sure, that's right. We should we should at least be willing, genuinely willing, yeah, to consider consider other alternatives, perspectives, and, and you know, brother, I got to tell you personally, every time that I've done that, uh, 
I've, I've probably changed my view to some extent. Sometimes yeah. it's been a massive shift. Sometimes it's been a tiny shift where it's really just like, okay, I didn't understand that particular nuance in the conversation. And now that I do, I'm able to be much more productive, persuasive, thoughtful, kind, gentle, generous, all those things. So for sure, there's no losing in that discernment again, yes. still being key. Well, and I also want to make it clear that you can go into a subject thinking, I'm going to read a little differently this time. I'm mm. going to find the best representatives of this view that I'm pretty sure I disagree with. Sure. And I'm just going to be just be reflective of my own beliefs for a second, analyze them a little harder than I have before. Right. You may walk away from that more convinced you are right. Oh, that's, that's pretty often. The I've case. done that too. Yeah. So yeah, this is not to say, you know, you need to let go of all of your deeply held convictions. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying at all here. Yeah. So, okay. So the next big area along with these cognitive biases uh, is that social media has, has interestingly become a place where we no longer just discuss news. It's sort of become a phenomenon that drives it is the news. news. It is the news. Yeah. Uh, and I think a great example of this is the way Twitter outrage sort of becomes a headline. Yeah. Uh, we saw this very recently with my former boss, CEO, founder of CrossFit, mm. uh, saying some things on Twitter that created a, a, a Twitter outrage mob. And the pressure sort of avalanched until he eventually stepped back and resigned and sold the company. All, all divested a, himself. All he divested himself. All for a couple comments yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, and and that's a really interesting phenomenon. It's yeah. a phenomenon that I s studied so to some extent when I worked for CrossFit okay. in, in media, uh, because it happened a lot in our company. Uh, and yeah. and what I learned from that, and I think other people who have studied it probably a little bit more academically would agree, uh, is that there's this mirage effect on social media where you have a platform that incentivizes outraged people with something negative to say mm -hmm. to interact uh, and that creates an environment where people who are either neutral or not sure what they think or or would generally be defending the person who's mm -hmm. under attack or the organization under attack is highly disincentivized mm. from engaging and so you get this sense if you just look at social media during one of these twitter firestorms that sure. the world hates this person or yeah. the world is outraged yeah. by this corporation's yeah. decision, whatever it may be. Whatever. When you break down the numbers, it's usually just a very shrill minority yeah. that's grabbed the microphone and yeah. everyone else is staring quietly, not wanting to be the next one thrown under the bus. That's right. Uh, and, and that, go so ahead. Because, because other larger news outlets in society as a whole pays attention to these Twitter firestorms, yeah. there's a very real sense in which uh, that pressure it, it seems minuscule and it is minuscule. Mm -hmm. so, sorry, actually, let me backtrack. It seems bigger than it is. It's actually minuscule, but in a sense, it's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's ability to control public discourse right. is enormous, right. though it is a very shrill minority. Yeah. And so what we have there is, is social discourse and the Overton window, you know, the, mm. the, which is a description of sort of what's politically acceptable, acceptable about, speech yeah. and ideas is, is pretty much controlled by whoever on the extremes is the loudest. That's correct. And that is a very unhealthy environment for anyone to really discuss anything productively. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that leads to the third point here. Social media drives unfruitful division. Okay. And so I see this. Is there a kind of fruitful division? Absolutely. Okay. And so this, this is, to back up a second, so unfruitful division, this is a concern particularly for us as Christians, mm -hmm. as pastors. We want to uh, guard unity in the church. Yeah. And guarding unity in, is in large part learning what we must be united around yeah. and where liberty of Christian conscience allows us to, to arrive at different conclusions. That's right. Social media 
doesn't really share that understanding of no. unity. Uh, we are when in, whenever we sign on, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it may be, that whatever article pops up or whatever meme pops up, uh, we are essentially incentivized to get on there and draw a line in the sand about where we stand on right. every single issue. And these are often issues that we may not be experts in. Yeah. Issues that are on, on a video or a headline where we don't know the full story. Maybe right. the evidence of this, you know, this this video is taken of someone being assaulted or a police officer engaging in some kind of use of force. We don't have a clue about any other perspective right. other than this one video. And we are uh, so prone to jumping in and weighing in uh, as if we're authorities on the subject. And yeah. that's dangerous. It's super dangerous. Yeah. R rendering uh, hardline judgments on very fuzzy issues mm -hmm. is just it's, it's not good. Uh, you feel the effects of that when you saw these. Uh, for example, let's take the, the protests and yeah. the riots recently. Okay. Yeah. Um, certain Christians took to Facebook uh, and said, we think this is completely clear. And if you don't speak, you are X, Y, and Z. That's a line in the sand, right? You're forcing the issue. If you're saying your silence is violence, right? If you don't speak right now, right when I want you to speak yeah. right now, you're complicit, right? That's right. You've drawn a line in the sand. Are you with me? Or are you against me? You know, come on, D'Artagnan. Are you are you a musketeer or not? <laughs> Sorry, I'm pretty proud of that actually. Uh, <laughs> now, now in the world, that kind of thing makes sense. You know, it's a you know dog yeah. eat dog world. In the church, we cannot afford to operate like that with one another. No. You know, there's room for, huh? You know what? I've never considered this aspect or that aspect, and uh, man, I don't really know what to think. Can I have some time to think about it? Yeah, like a year maybe. Proverbs eighteen seventeen, the Never one who states it. his case first seems right until the other comes along and examines him. Mm. And you could also say the one who states his case most loudly. <laughs> right. Yeah. The one who tweets first. <laughs> uh, and Proverbs twenty nine eleven, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Mm. You know, I think scripture you, you could you could just dredge the proverbs for wisdom about right. this particular subject, and I think you'd find countless verses that speak to this. But essentially. Scripture encourages us to be uh, quiet mm -hmm. and to gather information and not rush to judgment. And social media says, rush to judgment. Yeah. Click this like, comment, post a meme. And you could just watch, uh, quietly sit back and watch on social media as all of your friends just divide into camps. That's right. Um, yeah. This happened with, with coronavirus. Mm -hmm. uh, when it was first kind of becoming a thing back mm -hmm. in March, I posted an interesting article on uh, pandemics and, and epidemiology kind of yeah, stuff. The Medium article. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, before this, this was just oh, an really? article okay. by a guy named Economides. Uh, uh, he's an epidemiologist at Stanford who okay. I'd, I'd followed for years because he's a pretty interesting guy. And he had some thoughts on coronavirus. And I was kind of, kind of shocked as I watched all of my Facebook friends respond to this article super positively or super negatively right. depending entirely on what political party I knew they aligned with. Wow. And yeah. so I just deleted it and yeah. I didn't yeah. post anything else about coronavirus for a yeah. while because I couldn't make sense of it. Sure. Now, brother, we have never done this before. We have never been quick to tweet and quick to Facebook. <laughs> Says the guy who got fired <laughs> right. for tweeting something quickly. Yeah, we are not uh, we are not saying this as if we are not susceptible to this. We certainly are. 
we are, this is all fruit of our own failures. Absolutely. Right. We are trying to grow in wisdom and our use of social media. And as, as elders in the church, as Christians, we've seen the effects. Uh, we felt the effects we've caused the effects. Yep. And so we want Christ to be honored and glorified in the church. And that's the heart of this episode. We don't want Christians to fall into this trap. Amen. Yeah. We want I think, to be distinct and holy. Uh, yeah. I think, I think, uh, James's words and James, uh, chapter 1, 19 through 20. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow Wait, to anger. Wait, stop. Okay. What if the mob is demanding an answer right now? For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So the, the mob is demanding an answer right now and maybe is even accusing you of, of in your patience and trying to discern what is right to say and trying to carefully form a judgment. They're accusing you of racism. They're accusing you of whatever it happens to be. Right. Uh, this It's just a question of do you fear man or do you fear God? Yeah. And, and you know, you could say something that maybe some of your conservative Christian friends disagree with. Yeah. And, or there could be something going on in, in that world, and maybe your conservative Christian friends are demanding that you call this person a heretic and you render a verdict. Uh, Francis Chan stuff, for example. You know? Yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, he's doing some stuff weird i don't really know what i think about it but i waited a long time before i kind of spoke out to render a verdict so it's not just the left i do think it happens more on the progressive side of things yeah. we want an answer we want it now but uh more conservative circles are certainly prone to this as well yeah that's that's absolutely true and 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 i mean i've been conservative libertarian leaning since before i was a christian mm -hmm. and so i have a long history of saying stupid things on social media yeah. just mouthing off the first thing that pops into my head yeah uh just to get a reaction from people just to cause controversy yeah. i mean i've done this many times and so yeah. when i see other brothers and sisters in the church doing it yeah i think oh don't do that yeah i've, I've seen where that leads yeah so uh other sanctification is real sanctification is real uh praise god yeah it's slow <laughs> it's slow painfully slow painfully. but it's real uh two more suggestions okay uh, here we I, go i like what you did you recognized that social media for you was was more trouble than it was worth for your yeah. spiritual state. And just like we'd encourage a brother who's got issues with pornography, you know, get rid of your phone if you have to. Yeah. Uh, if social media is causing you to stumble, it's causing you to sin, or if it's just weighing you down spiritually, get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, if you're not like that, at least just something I've started doing is uh, remove yourself from all public interactions. If you see someone on Facebook, you see a guy posting something you disagree with, send them a private message. Sure. Have a private conversation. Sure. And I have seen so much fruit come from that in my own interactions with people, especially on subjects that are complicated or get tempers yeah. and emotions flaring. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so much better that and, way. And even, even, you know, the, hey, private message, but here's how I would write that private message. Let's get lunch. That's true. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, some people have more time to sit around and going back and forth on messages. But uh, yeah. Dom, Dom, a member of our church, an intern at Sixth Avenue. Uh, when I say our church, I don't mean you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> he, uh, he recently posted something. It was slightly controversial. Mm -hmm. uh, some people started debating. He kind of got wrapped up in it. But what he did was he ended up saying, hey, let's just he hit him up privately. Hey, let's just go do lunch and talk about it there. I think that's much more productive. Real quick before you move on to your second suggestion. That was it. Oh, really? I'm done. How can you know that you're the kind of person who should probably get rid of social media? I think one simple test yep. is, do you find yourself emotionally affected 
once you get away from it to the point where like you have to, you, you know, it's keeping you up at night or like mm-hmm. you're having a, you're, you know, you're more depressed or more angry after that last Twitter scroll on the toilet and <laughs> that morning, you know, you're taking your morning bathroom deuce and <laughs> we're back folks. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And uh, you're scrolling through Twitter and now you can't stop thinking about it for 30 minutes. You're upset. Mm-hmm. How, how is that helpful for you? You're probably one of the people who could probably get off or you're a psychopath who doesn't realize the effect you're having on other people. Ooh, good point as well. Media. Yeah. And on that note, on that note, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to include a, an article from nine marks on just, uh, okay. 12 things to consider before posting on social media. I use it often. It's a great article from Mark Dever. It'll be in the, the comments or the, the show notes for this episode. Uh, add one more thing to that. Yeah. Anything that Tony Ranky has yeah. written on the subject. So competing spectacles, mm. what else? There's other stuff. Anyways, yeah. anything that Tony Ranky has I'll written. I'll dig it up and I'll put it in the yeah. in the description. Yeah. All right, folks. Folks, uh, I don't yeah. think I've used that before. Uh, signing off for DC Podcast, this is Russell. And this is Sean. Thanks for listening. And yeah. uh, we hope there'll be another one. Yeah, that's right.